بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وارزقنا علما تنفعنا به آمين رب العالمين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله we have reached the final dars of our lessons on the fiqh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's most beautiful names as explained by our sheikh sheikh abdul razak al-badr hafizahullah ta'ala from his book fiqh al-asma'il husna so tonight we will go through the last few of the names as mentioned by the sheikh and we will complete and end off just before Ramadan starts bi-idhnillah and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to uh, grant us an understanding and to make us of those who reach Ramadan and of those who benefit the most from this month. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. So we move on immediately to the next name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which the Shaykh mentions which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name Ar-Rafiq, Ar-Rafiq, Ra-Fa-Ya-Qaf, Ar-Rafiq. And this name is translated as the gentle, as the, the gentle. This name is also one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is found in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and not in the Quran. And the hadith is in Sahih al-Bukhari, narrated from Urwah, who narrates from Aisha radiallahu anha. She said that a Yahudi man, he came and he entered Upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said to him, Assamu alaykum, Assamu alayk, Assamu alayk, which basically means may destruction or Sam actually means like poison. So may you be poisoned uh, and so forth. And so she responded, Aisha said, Bal alaykum Sam wal-la'na. Rather may Sam be upon you. May that destruction or poison uh, be upon you wal-la'na. And a curse be upon you. So, the, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ya Aisha, inna Allah rafiqun yuhibbu rifq fil amri kullihi. He said, oh Aisha, indeed Allah is rafiq. Allah is rafiq, meaning he is gentle. Yuhibbu rifq, and he loves gentleness in every matter. In all of the affairs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gentle and he loves gentleness. قُلْتُ أَوَلَمْ تَسْمَعْ مَا قَالُوا And Aisha said, did you not hear what this man said? Oh, Messenger of Allah. And he said, قُلْتُ وَعَلَيْكُمْ And he said, instead, I responded to him by saying, and the same upon you. Instead of responding in, and mentioning the same, you know, uh, uh, bad words or curses and so forth, he just said, and the same for you. So whatever this man said to him, he said, and the same for you. وَعَلَيْكُمْ And the same be upon you. And this is, you know, from the greater models and ethics and character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he teaches us in this hadith uh, amazingly. Another hadith in Sahih Muslim, also from Aisha radiallahu anha, the mother of the believers, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ya Aisha, O Aisha, inna Allah rafiqun yuhibbu rifq. Indeed Allah is rafiq, he is gentle and he loves gentleness. وَيُعْطِي عَلَى رِفْقِ مَا لَا يُعْطِي عَلَى الْعُنْفِ And Allah gives due to rifq, if somebody was to show and have this characteristic of rifq and show rifq towards others, gentleness towards others, Allah gives to that person because of that rifq, that which he does not give due to harshness, that, he, that which he does not give 
due to the person who shows harshness uh, to others. And he does not give the likes of it to anything. Yani the likes that Allah gives for this, this character of rifq, Allah gives uh, the likes of it to nothing else. Yani it has a great station and a great status with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the hadith is clear that Allah is rafiq. These two hadith in Bukhari and Muslim both mention that Allah is rafiq. This is his name. Um, and he loves this characteristic of rifq. As well. So a rifq, what does it mean? A rifq means uh, it means kindness, it means deliberation, it means softness, ease, it means to be careful, you know, carefulness. This is rifq. It's it's the opposite of al-unf wa tashdeed. It's the opposite of harshness and se- and severeness. It's the opposite of the person who, or the characteristic of harshness and, you know, someone who is severe upon others, this is the opposite of rifq. A person who has rifq is someone who is a person who is patient, he's a person who is soft, he is gentle, he is, uh, he, de- he deliberates before he acts, he's careful with what he does and says and the way he acts and so forth. This is what a rifq means, right, in terms of the, the character of rifq which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rafiq, the one who has the attribute of rifq in the best way, in the most perfect of, of ways, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is Rafiq in all ways, in his qada and his qadr, he's gentle, in his actions, he's gentle, in his uh, instructions, his commandments, in his rulings, his ahkam, in his sharia, in his religion that he has legislated, all of this we see the rifq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah is not someone who is hasty. Allah is not someone who is severe. Allah is not someone who is uh, harsh. Rather, he is someone who is, uh, you know, ra'uf. And, and of course, as we said, the names are synonymous to one another. So all of those names come and they link up with this name, Rafiq. So we see the kindness of Allah. We see the hilm of Allah, the forbearing nature of Allah. We see the the gentleness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of the phase. That he is someone who deliberates, he is careful before he acts. He's not, it's not just rash, it's not just wild, it's not just severe, it's not just harsh, it's full of gentleness, uh, subhanAllah. So the Shaykh then gives some examples of Allah's rifq. And he says that we see Allah's rifq, for example, in his af'al, in his actions, in that which Allah does. So for example, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates, and He has created all that is in existence, He created the creation in steps, in layers. It was not just done in, in one go. Everything created, all people created, all animals created, every single thing in one go. You know, that's it. Creation done. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has tadarruj. And this is part of this word rifq in Arabic. It means deliberation. It means taking things in stages, in steps. So this is an example of, of, of Allah's rifq in terms of his actions, in terms of his creation. That everything happens in due time, due to Allah's hikmah, his perfect wisdom, due to Allah's rifq, Allah's gentleness, his planning, his wisdom, and so forth. Even though Allah was completely able and capable of creating every single thing in one go. If Allah wanted to do this, he could have done that. But this is Allah's rifq that he created things in stages. People will come throughout time, through stages, different creation, plants and animals and everything. If you think about it, there's so many details that comes in its time. 
and then it goes and it comes in its time and it goes and so forth um, and there's even a narration from the Sahaba where they praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this and we will just give the uh, a rough translation of what because it's a lengthy quote of what the Sahaba basically said and they praised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-Rafiq they mentioned the name we praise Allah al-Rafiq the one who he did not create everything in one go and creation is something that is continuous it's always happening Allah is always you know uh, ascending something new uh, because if this had not happened, if this had not happened, if Allah created everything in one go, then they said that a person who doubts Allah, who could have easily said, where is the creator of these things, of all of these things in creation? Surely if there was a creator, if there was a lord of all of these things, we would see. He would converse with us, he would send us new signs, he would send us different signs, it would not just be everything in one go. So the Sahaba basically said, if you look at the various ayat and these are all ayat of Allah signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought the sun to light up everything and then we see Allah takes it away and we sit in darkness but along with that Allah brings us a moon which gives us some light and there's stars and at times we don't see them it's cloudy all of this is different signs different things that are happening at all times in different ways different conditions different circumstances all of this happens by, by the will of who? By the command of who? By the abilities of who? By the abilities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are the signs of Allah. At times it rains, at times there's thunder and a storm and hail and snow. All of these things are signs from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show that the Creator is in charge. And this is, you know, they praise Allah as Ar-Rafiq when they mention these type of, types of examples. To show that. It was out of Allah's gentleness that he, he sends us different signs all the time. It was not just everything um, in one go. At times it's extremely cold. At times it's hot, they said. And at the end they say, at times, when a time will come, Allah will take this whole dunya away and the akhirah will then come. All of this is in the, the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is out of the hikmah of Allah and the rifq of Allah. That, Allah, that things does not just happen in one go. Different things happening all the time. This is the example that is mentioned. And it is a valid example, alhamdulillah, where we see the rifq of Allah in his actions. This is part of Allah's gentleness that he did not just give us everything in one go. Nothing changes and so forth. From the rifq of Allah, the gentleness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards his slaves, is we look at the sharia of Allah, the instructions of Allah, the, the prohibitions and the, the laws that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given uh, towards these slaves, there is no taklif, no hardship, there is no burden that they cannot bear. Rather, everything is according to what we are able to do, according to what we are uh, able to cope with. As much as we can do, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us. Um, and when things become too difficult, He gives us ease and He gives us concessions and so forth. This is part of the rifq of Allah. The Sharia didn't just come down in one go with one law, one way to do everything, you know, bang, boom, that's it. There's no two ways about it. Rather, we know if a person gets sick, this happens. If a person can't stand, he can sit and make salah. If not, he lays down. If it's fasting, he's a traveler. If he's not well, he doesn't fast. He gets a concession and so forth. There's so many examples that we can speak about. But this is an example of Allah's rifq. This is another example of Allah's, um, of Allah's rifq. Another example is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, also looking at the deen. The deen is a deen of ease. It's a deen of inna deena yusr. 
the hadith says that indeed this religion is a religion of ease. It's an easy religion. And within this religion, Allah instructed us with rifq. And he gives the person of rifq that which he does not give the person who is harsh and severe. And the status of rifq is such, whatever has rifq within it, gentleness within it, it only brings about beauty and adornment to that thing. And these are the instructions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the deen of Allah. It's a deen of rifq, it's a deen of beauty. Um, and this is why we are supposed to stay as far away from the opposite of rifq. Like at-tasarru' like being hasty, like uh, at-tuhur, which means to be careless or negligent. You know, there's no rifq, no deliberation, no carefulness, no gentleness. Everything just happens hastily, everything happens just by the way with, with no. And al-indifa' and being overzealous. This is also not from, this is the opposite of rifq. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want from us. Because this is from shaitan. Al-ajla min shaitan To be hasty and to be in a rush at all times, this is actually from the shaitan. And this does not bring about to the, the slave nothing but failure and loss. So it's sufficient for rifq in terms of its status and honor. That it is something that is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he is rafiq and he loves rifq. So we find many ahadith, you know, that encourages us to try and adopt this trait. To be people of rifq, to be people who are gentle and people who uh, deliberate and are careful before they act and before they speak. And are gentle with the way that they speak and the way that they act and the way that they interact with others. And not to be people of unf or shidda. People who are harsh and severe with others. This is against the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A hadith again narrated from Aisha radiallahu anha that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna rifqa la yakunu fi shayin illa zana. Indeed, rifq is not found within anything except that it beautifies that thing. It's not found within any action, within any person, within any deed, except that it beautifies that deed or that action or that person. وَلَا يُنْزِعُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ إِلَّا شَانَهِ And rifq is not removed from anything except that it tarnishes that thing, it dishonors that thing. It takes away from the beauty of that action or that person or that characteristic or or his character or that deed that he may be performing. So nothing, rifq brings about nothing but beautification. It makes everything more beautiful, more... uh, And it's not removed from anything. Except that that thing becomes, you could say, ugly, you know, unattractive. It puts people off because of the harshness, the severity that's shown by either by the person or by that action or by the way that he spoke or the way that he did something. This is the opposite of rifq. And this is what this hadith is basically saying. And there are many other hadith. One example is, whomsoever is um, denied rifq or, or forbidden from rifq, then he has been forbidden from all goodness. He has been denied Al-khair, yani all goodness has been kept away from him. Another point the Sheikh makes is that this was the way of Rasulullah sallallahu In fact, he was the most gentle of people. He was the most gentle of people. And this is, you know, evident and seen throughout the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ever studies his life and his dealings with others and his interactions with others and so many evidences they will find that proves and shows us that nobody can compare in terms of us as people 
to the rifq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. His lenience, his clemency, his, his, his gentleness in general, he was the best of the best uh, without a doubt. So an example of this we see in a hadith, a famous hadith in Bukhari and Muslim where the Sahaba was sitting in the masjid and an A'rabi meaning a Bedouin came. Now of course we have to understand he's a Bedouin. So the Bedouins have different characteristics to the people who are living within the city. They are generally known to be uh, a bit uh, a bit wild if you like, a bit, I don't want to use the word barbaric, but a bit unkept and the, the, the understanding of what's uh, good etiquette and good ethics and morals is different to what the people living within the cities generally understand it and to this, to this day it's like that anybody who goes to the, the lands with the Arabs and so forth and you meet you know a Bedouin you'll see the difference the way he speaks the way he dresses the way he drives everything is different it's a lot more wild it's a lot more um uh, loud and so forth this is the opposite of rifq so anyways this is the way that they are raised right so we do not necessarily blame, blame them immediately for this because in many cases they don't know any better so this Bedouin came into Masjid al-Nabawi and he urinated in the Masjid and immediately the Sahaba I mean you see somebody urinating in the Masjid naturally we're all going to get up and you know confront this person who you know immediately shun him and get him to stop and this is what the sahaba did and rasulullah sallallahu alayhi basically said leave him and let him finish let him complete what he's doing and he let him complete his urination um and of course the hikmah in this is if you're going to stop him he's going to mess elsewhere you understand and basically he then called this bedouin over when he was done he called him over and he said to him that indeed this masjid or this masajid is not befitting. It's not correct that a person comes into the masjid and he urinates and or brings any type of dirt. In rather these masajid are only for the remembrance of Allah and for salah and for the recitation of Quran. Right? This hadith is in Bukhari. And then from the hadith of Abu Huraira, where also in Bukhari, the Prophet instructed them to bring a bucket of water and to pour it over the, the dirt and the najis that was in the masjid. And then he said, فَإِنَّمَا بُعِثْتُمْ مُيَسِّرِينَ وَلَمْ تُبْعَثُوا مُعَسِّرِينَ And he said to them, the Sahaba, you have only been sent or instructed to be of those who are muyassirin. And you are people who make things easy for others. And you have not been sent to be of those who are muassirin. This is not what's requested of you. To be of those who make things difficult upon others. And this is a great example of the rifq of Rasulullah Sallallahu One example out of the many examples we can find in the sunnah of the Prophet So this is a, a great characteristic to have. To be a person of rifq. And indeed Allah loves rifq. And as the other hadith said, He gives to this attribute and characteristic of rifq that which He does not give to others. Especially to that which He has harshness and severity and, and uh, uh, you could say uh, rudeness if you like, uh, which is the opposite of rifq. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not bless those people, does not give those people the same like he gives the people who have rifq. So this is an, a characteristic that we should uh, definitely try our best to be the best of the best within this characteristic. The best of those who show rifq to others. Like the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was and we ask Allah azza wa jal to make us of them. Ameen ya rabbal alameen. We move on to the next name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is Allah's name al-witr. Allah's name al-witr. Wow, ta'ra, witr. Which means the single, the single or the one. And this name is also found in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu in Bukhari and Muslim from Abu Hurairah, from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said, Lillahi tis'atun wa tis'una isman, mi'atan illa wahida. Allah, to Allah belongs 99 names. 100 less than 1. 100 except 1. لا يحفظها أحد إلا دخل الجنة. Nobody memorizes them except that he enters Jannah. وهو وتر يحب الوتر. And he is witr. Allah is witr. ويحب الوتر and he loves الوتر. He loves that which is witr. طيب. So الوتر here means الفرد. The one, the single one, who has no sharik wala nazir. He has no partner, no any equal. It's a name that, that, that directs us to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To the uniqueness of Allah in his perfect attributes and in his great characteristics. And that he has no partner and no example like him. And there are so many evidences for this in the Quran. There is nothing like unto him. Uh, and there is nothing equal like unto him. Uh, and do not associate any partners with Allah and so forth. That Allah has no need. Allah has no partner, no nazir, no mathil, no sharik. This is what the name al-witr means. So this is part of our, obviously the, the basic belief of a believer, of a Muslim, that he believes Allah is one. Say Allah is one. And this is what al-witr also means. The one, the single, the unique, and so forth. Um, <clears throat> so this name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it negates any partner for Allah in all angles, from every single aspect. Whether it's in Allah's that, in his essence, he can have no partner, nothing like him, no example unto him. Whether it's in his characteristics and his perfect attributes, there is nothing compared to Allah. All the perfect actions of Allah, Allah is unique in this. There is nobody's actions who can be, who, 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 uh, whose actions can be compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So likewise, in terms of ibadah and worship, uh, this is also something that is solely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So al-witr, this is stated by Imam Al-Qurtubi, the famous Imam of Tasir. He said, Al-Witru, Yuradu Bihid Tawheed. What's meant by Witr? Allah's name Al-Witr. What's meant by it is Tawheed. Is to single out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fayakunul ma'ana. So he says that then the meaning will, will be, Inna Allah fi thatihi wa kamalihi wa fa'alihi wahidun. So Allah is Witr. So which means what? That he is one. He is single in his essence, in his perfection, in his actions, he is all one. And Yuhibbu Tawheed. And he loves Tawheed. 
So what did the hadith say? The first hadith we mentioned was is Allah is witter and he loves witter. If we take this interpretation, it means Allah is witter, meaning he is one. In his essence, in his perfection, and his actions, in his names, his attributes, he's one. And he loves witter, means he loves tawheed. Which means what? He loves to be singled out. He loves to be singled out. Whether it's in worship, he loves it that he's worshipped alone. He loves it that his slave believes in him alone. He loves it that his slave acknowledges him to be al-witr, to be al-ahad, to be the only one worthy of worship. This is beloved to Allah. So this is what the hadith means when it says that Allah loves witr, meaning Allah loves tawheed. He loves tawheed. He loves that the slave turns to him alone. That the slave dedicates his life to him alone. Mahya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. Inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyaya wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. That's what Allah loves. When the slave lives according to indeed my salah and my sacrifices and my living and my dying is for Allah alone. This is Tawheedullah. This is what this hadith basically means. So the first part of the hadith which says Allah is witter is, is what? It informs us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one in terms of his greatness, in terms of his perfection, in terms of his uh, creation, in terms of his managing affairs of every single thing, in terms of his authority over every single thing. In terms of his essence, everything, this is information that Allah is one in all of these things. And this is summarized when we speak about Tawheed. This is Tawheed al-Rububiyyah and Asma'i al-Sifat. Allah is one. This is what Allah says when he's with it. He is the only Rabb, only creator, only provider, only owner of all, all things, only manager of all affairs. And he is one in his perfect names and his perfect attributes. The second part of the hadith when he says he loves Witr is the fact that he loves Tawheed, that he loves that the slave is a person of Tawheed, that the slave is a Muwahid, that the slave is someone who believes in Allah alone, in him being the only Rabb in Rububiyyah. He has Tawheed in Rububiyyah, meaning he believes Allah is the only Lord, the only provider, the only manager of all affairs, the only Malik, the only Alimul Ghaybi wa Shahada. And we go to all the names and attributes, this, this is who Allah is alone. Allah loves this type of Tawheed. And the, the, the third type of Tawheed is Allah loves Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah that the slave worships Allah alone. That the slave only turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with every single type of, of ibadah. This is basically what this hadith means. Allah is one and he loves that which is one. Yani he loves Tawheed. He loves that the slave worships him alone. And there are so many ayat throughout the Quran that speaks about the issue of Tawheed and the virtue of Tawheed and the importance of Tawheed, and really in reality that is a subject on its own and the most important of all subjects. Imam Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he said, in every surah of the Qur'an, we find the types, the various types of Tawheed. He says, rather we say that in every ayah of the Qur'an, not every surah, in every verse of the Qur'an, it will incorporate Tawheed somehow or the other. And this is something that is witnessed and something that, is, that we found. And he says that the Qur'an is either khabar from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, information, Allah is telling us about himself, about his names, attributes, and his actions. This is Tawheed. This is Tawheed of Allah's names and attributes. Or the Qur'an speaks about da'wah. Uh, it's an invite to all of the slaves to worship Allah alone and to turn away from all types of shirk. To turn away from all that which is worshipped besides Allah. This is Tawheed of Uluhiyyah. 
You find various ayat speaking about this type of tawheed. Or the Quran speaks about a instruction or a prohibition to worship Allah alone and to obey Allah alone and not to obey other than Him. This is tawheed. Or this Quran speaks about the the great rewards and the honor that Allah gives to the people of Tawheed and the people who obey Him because of what they did in this dunya and how Allah will honor them in the Akhirah. This is Tawheed. Because of their Tawheed, this is what they will get. And Allah speaks about the people of Shirk and what they did in this dunya of Shirk and Kufr. How Allah will punish them in the Akhirah. This is due to Tawheed. So those ayat are all related to the entire Quran. Every ayah the Sheikh Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim says, فَالْقُرْآنُ كُلُّهُ فِي التوحيد. Quran in, in its entirety is about Tawheed. So, this is the most important of all issues. In reality, this is the most important of all affairs. And this name of Allah, Al-Witr, Allah loves Witr. It revolves around this concept of the oneness of Allah and that Allah loves those who worship Him alone. Allah loves the people of um, Tawheed. In fact, the Quran speaks about those people who take intercessors besides Allah. They seek an intercession through others. And they claim this is how these are intercessors. The Quran says they are mushrikeen. The Quran says these people are mushrikeen. These people are polytheists, which is equivalent to a disbeliever. Wallahul Musta'an. For example, Allah says in Surah Zumar, verse 43, Do they take from besides Allah intercessors? Do they take intercessors from besides Allah? قُلْ say to them, أَوَلَوْ كَانُوا لَا يَمْلِكُونَ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَعْقِلُونَ Even though they do not possess anything. They have no authority, no power. Those whom you are calling upon, worshipping, making dua to, saying he's just an intercessor. I'm only seeking intercession through him. I'm not worshipping him. The Quran says that person has no power. لَا يَمْلِكُونَ شَيْئًا They do not possess anything of power, of authority. وَلَا يَعْقِلُونَ No. Uh, nor do they realize. They have no they do not they, they most of them are passed away. This is generally the way people are doing the shafa'a, seeking of intercession. In another verse in Surah Yunus, verse 18, Allah Azza wa Jal says, And they worship from besides Allah, they worship that which does not harm them nor benefit them. And this is the key here that Whatever is worshipped from beside, whether it's a saint, whether it's a prophet, whether it's a, 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 an angel, whether it's a jinn, whether it's anything, that thing cannot harm you or benefit you. Because harm and benefit lies in the hands of Allah Azzawajal alone. And then Allah says, وَيَقُولُونَ And these people who are worshipping other than Allah, who are calling upon saints, who are calling upon the dead, who are calling upon others, seeking an intercession. What do they say? What's the excuse? Allah says that they say, هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَحَاؤُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ these are our intercessors with Allah. Yani these people that we are calling upon, they will intercede for us with Allah. They will stand up and, you know, stand up on our behalf and intercede on our behalf with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah says, قُلْ say to them, أَتُنَبِّئُونَ اللَّهَ بِمَا لَا يَعْلَمُ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ Do you want to inform Allah that which He does not know? In, that, that which he does not know that's in the heavens and the earth? Are you trying to inform Allah of something else that, that Allah doesn't even know? Subhanahu wa ta'ala amma yushrikun. And then Allah says, perfect is he and 
high and exalted is he from that which they associate of partners with him. Yushrikun. Allah calls them mushrikeen in this Quran, in the ayah. Allah says that they are mushrikeen. Right? Explicitly. And there are other ayat that we can use on a similar topic, and a similar, to prove the same point, that these are sufficient, alhamdulillah, that those who take a intercessor, so they do not say that they are worshipping these people. They do not say that they are worshipping these saints, or this prophet, or this uh, angel, or this jinn, or this person. They say this, these are intercessors. Allah SWT says this is an act of kufr and shirk. So, and Allah is free from them. He is too perfect for this, and he has nothing to do with what they associate of partners with him, as the Quran explicitly says. So, subhanAllah, this does not benefit them at all. And they, this, this intercession will not will not count for them. There will be no intercession for them of goodness um, in this. Because these people are mushrikeen. Um, as for the person who worships Allah alone, who turns to Allah alone, who loves Allah the most, who puts his hope in Allah and his fear in Allah, who gets closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his worship, and he seeks the happiness and the pleasure of Allah, and he distances himself from the anger and the wrath of Allah, this is the muwahid. This is the mu'min. This is the person who will get the best of intercessions in Qiyamah. This is the person who will achieve the greatest of endings in this dunya and definitely in the Akhirah. He will enter paradise and be with the people of Tawheed ta'ala, and we ask Allah Azza Jal to make us of them. So Al-Witr, when it comes to the names of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, we said in this name Al-Witr is a proof for the oneness of Allah. For the oneness of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and in this is also a proof that Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is of utmost importance and the biggest of obligations. It's not just wajib, it's the biggest of wajibat. That we worship Allah alone. That we single him out in worship. Um, this is what these names prove. Allah is witter and he loves that which is witter. Over and above this, the Shaykh then mentions that we see in many examples how Allah Azza wa Jal loves witr. So if we look at the Sharia, we see many examples of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showing us that He loves that which is witr. Another meaning of witr in this context here is that which is uneven. An uneven number, an odd number. So for example, when we look at salah, we've got five salahs in the day. It's an odd number, it's witr. Witr means an odd number as we said. In the hadith, we said Allah is witr, which means he's one. He's single. It's also an odd number. He's one, he's single, and he loves that which is witr. We said means the tawheed of Allah, as explained by Al-Qurtubi and other great imams of tafsir. Uh, we look at the witr at night that we pray, salatul witr. It's one rak'ah, right? Even if you make it three, it's an odd number, or five, or seven, it's an odd number. The number of times we wash ourselves in tahara, generally the sunnah is to wash three times. It's an odd number. The, the kafan of the mayit as well is an odd number. And so forth. In fact, there's a hadith in the musnad of Imam Ahmad that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said إِنَّ الْوِتْرِ لَيْسَ بِحَتْمِكَ صَلَاتِكُمُ الْمَكْتُوبَةِ Indeed, witr is not the same, it's not of the same requirement like your Five daily prayers, the, the five obligatory prayers. In fact, the hadith is narrated from Ali. So this is the words of Ali. Ali said, 
that witr is not the same requirement like the daily salahs, the five daily salahs. However, Rasulullah performed witr and he said, Perform witr, ya ahl al-Qur'an. Make witr, perform salah to witr, O people of the Qur'an. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ وِتْرْ يُحِبُّ الْوِتْرْ Because indeed Allah is witr and he loves that which is witr. Allah is witr, he's one, he's unique, he's single, and he loves that which is unique, or that which is uh, an odd number, or that which is single. Single unit here is, in this context, witr. We said the previous hadith means Allah loves that he is made one, he is unified, he is singled out in worship and so forth, tawheed in general. The benefit of this hadith here is also the importance of witr. Rasulullah spoke to who? The people of Qur'an and he said, Oh, people of Qur'an, perform the witr. So a person, a sign that a person is a person of Qur'an, bi'idnillah is, one sign is, is a person who upholds witr salah. And indeed Allah is witr and he loves uh, witr. So Rasulullah sallallahu was someone who always upheld the witr salah. In, whether he was resident or whether he was traveling, he never left off the, the witr salah. So even as a traveler, he made sure to pray the, the witr salah. Um, another example is when the Prophet sallallahu he would eat seven dates in the morning. Seven dates. This is again witr. It's an odd number. When he drank water, he would drink water with three breaths. You know, drink, breathe, drink, breathe, drink, breathe. Obviously using his right hand. This is again three, which is an odd number. After the salah, every third salah, we say astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Three times. Odd number. Um, many of the adhkar, and du'as that we make, they either come once that we're supposed to say it, or say it three times, or say it, take the adhkar of the morning and evening. Certain adhkars we say once. Others we say three times. Others we say seven times. Odd numbers. So this is often that what we find that also proves to us that Allah loves witr, that which is an odd number. Um, another example, the last example the Sheikh mentions is that Allah loves witr is that he... he Specified 99 names of his, right from his names. Remember, there are more than 99 names, as we've discussed many times, and especially in the beginning of this book, we there was a specific chapter on this. Allah has more than 99 names, but the hadith that speaks about 99 is basically means whoever memorizes 99 names, he will get Jannah. So, that's a virtue for memorizing 99. That doesn't mean Allah only has 99 names. So, the point here is. Allah specified 99, which is definitely an odd number as well. So, um, this is also proven in whoever upholds the 99 names or 99 of Allah's names. It doesn't have to be a specific 99. Any 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He memorizes them, He understands them, He lives by them, He acts according to them, He worships Allah through these names. This person is guaranteed paradise by Allah Azza wa Jal, and this is the reward of 99 names. Walhamdulillah. This is another sign, another proof that Allah loves that which is witr, that which is an uneven number. Walhamdulillah. Um, so we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to grant us an understanding. Wa alaikum salam to the brothers who have commented. Barakallahu feekum. We move on to the next two names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is Al Mu'ti and Al Jawad. Al Mu'ti. Mu'ti, Mim, Ayn, Ta, Ya. Mu'ti, which means the giver, the one who gives. And Al-Jawad, Jim, Waw, Alif, Dal. Jawad, 
which means the magnanimous. The magnanimous, which, which means the one who's generous and forgiving. So the name Al-Mu'tif comes in a hadith in Sahih Bukhari from Muawiyah radiyallahu anhu. He said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, May yuridillahu bi khayran yufaqihu fi deen. Whomsoever Allah wants goodness for, he grants that person the understanding or the comprehension of the deen. And that hadith in itself is such a beautiful and powerful hadith that we always mention when we mention the virtue of seeking knowledge. That whomsoever Allah grants the understanding of the religion to, this is a sign of Allah's goodness for this person. If Allah wants goodness for a person, He grants him the understanding of the deen. This person becomes a person who understands the sharia, the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the opposite meaning means, وَمَنْ لَمْ يُرِدِ bi khayran, abqahu jahilan. Subhanallah, the one who Allah does not want goodness for, Allah keeps this person ignorant of the religion. Wallahu musta'an. The hadith says, Wallahu al-mu'ti wa ana al-qasim. And Allah is al-mu'ti. Allah is the giver and I am al-qasim, the distributor. I am just the distributor. But Allah is the giver. And then the, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَلَا تَزَالُ هَذِهِ الْأُمَّةِ ظَاهِرِينَ عَلَى مَنْ خَالَفَهُمْ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ وَهُمْ ظَاهِرُونَ that this ummah, which refers to the, the proper group of this ummah, because another wording of the hadith says that a ta'ifa from this ummah will continue. One group of this ummah, which is the rightly guided group of this ummah, will remain upon the truth. And this hadith says this ummah will stay, this, the, the ummah will continuously be open and apparent against those who differ and oppose them. Until the command of Allah comes, and they will still be open and apparently clearly upon the truth. So, the hadith has its own explanation that's for another time, Wallah Musta'an. But the name Al Mu'ti is mentioned in this hadith, which is in Sahih Bukhari. Allah is the giver, and the Prophet said, and I am the distributor. As for the name Al Jawad, it's found in the hadith Qudsi from Abu Dhar, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, and this is in Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah, that is because I am Jawad, I am magnanimous, majidun, glorious, and I do whatever I please. I will give by my speech and I will punish by my speech. Indeed, if I will to do anything, all I say is, be and it is. Be and it is. That hadith is in At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah. And there is difference of opinion over the authenticity of the hadith. Another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Allah is Jawad and Kareem. يَسْتَحْيِي مِنَ الْعَبْدِ الْمُسْلِمْ أَنْ يَمُدَّ يَدَيْهِ إِلَيْهِ ثُمَّ يَقْبِضُهُمَا مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَجْعَلَ فِيهِمَا مَا سَأَلَهُ رَاهُ الْقَاسِمُ بِنْ بَشْرَانِ فِي الْأَمَالِ And this hadith is also different over in terms of its authenticity. Basically what does the hadith say? Allah is Jawad and Kareem. And he becomes shy towards his slave when the slave lifts his hands up to him that Allah does not basically give him what he asks before he uh, puts down his hands. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna Allah jawad yuhibbul jud. Allah is jawad, 
is magnanimous and he loves Jude, which is magnanimity, right? Which means again generosity. الأخلاق, and he loves lofty character. ويكره ويكره and he hates that which is you know bad character or bad behavior. Shah <laughs> Abdul Razak basically says that all of these hadith has some weakness in it, and therefore some ulama they do not count Al Jawad as one of Allah's names, but the Shaykh concludes. That as Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah Shaykhul Islam concluded that these different narrations they strengthen each other and this is how they have uh, come to the point that this is one of the names of Allah of, of Allah Azza wa Jal. So the name Al-Mu'ti is the giver meaning the only one who gives in reality. The only one who truly gives is Allah. لا مانع لما أعطى ولا معطي لما منعه There is no one that can withhold what Allah gives and there is nobody can give there is nobody that can give that which Allah withholds. He is al-mu'ti. He is in control of giving. <clears throat> so this is uh, Allah Azza wa Jal. And Allah, there is no ni'mah that we experience in this dunya except that it comes from al-mu'ti, it comes from Allah. Even the kuffar, they experience ni'am that comes from Allah. But in the akhirah, the ni'mas will be specific to the believers as we know, alhamdulillah. May Allah make us of them. Um, Al-Jawad means, the magnanimous means, Kathirul Ata'. The one who also he gives excessively. The one who is always being generous and is always spending on others. He gives to all of creation and he fills creation through his grace and his, 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 his bounties and so forth. This is Al-Jawad. So, we've spoken about these names similar to this in, in great detail. Like Al-Kareem, like Al-Razaq, like Al-Wahhab, like Al-Mannan, like Al-Barr, the benefactor. Uh, and those who bless and the bestower of gifts and the provider, the sustainer and the most generous and so forth. Where we spoke about the generosity of Allah and the signs and the examples of Allah's great generosity and so forth. Right? So, there's not, we're not going to go into too much detail on this. It's very similar to what we mentioned on those names as the names are synonymous to one another. Right? But knowing that Allah is Al-Jawad, magnanimous, He loves to give. Knowing that Allah is Al-Mu'ti, He is the true giver. There is nothing that we receive except that it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody can prevent what He gives and nobody can give what He prevents. And yet the hadith says, مَن لَمْ يَسْأَلِ اللَّهِ يَغْضَبْ عَلَيْهِ Whosoever does not ask Allah, Allah becomes angry with him. Allah becomes angry with him. Subhanallah. So this is Allah, the giver, the magnanimous. And yet, if you do not ask him, he becomes angry. So the one lesson we will mention here is, ask Allah Azza wa Jal. For whatever you want, whatever your heart's desire is, speak to him, he is Al-Mu'ti. Mention these names, Ya Allah, you are Jawad, Ya Allah, you are Al-Mu'ti, you are Kareem, you are Razaq, you are Mannan, you are Wahhab, you are Al-Barr, and so forth. And ask Allah Azza wa Jal for your heart's desires. Because if you do not ask him, this, this actually upsets Allah. So sometimes the shaitan makes us feel that we are not worthy of asking for certain things. This is a ploy and a plot from shaitan. Rather, Allah is saying, if you ask, Call upon me and I will respond to you. Subhanallah. So we learn that this is Allah Azza wa Jal. And therefore, we need to live within the, the, the boundaries of Allah, pleasing Allah Azza wa Jal at all times, and staying away from His anger and His wrath. And we ask of Him, and definitely we believe that He will, 
provide for us. He will provide for us and he will give us as he is Al-Mu'ti and he is Al-Jawad. The last name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as mentioned by Sheikh Abdul Razak is Allah's name Dhul Jalali Wal Ikram. Is Allah's name Dhul Jalali Wal Ikram which means the owner of majesty and honor. The owner of majesty and honor. This hadith is found in Ar-Rahman, the surah Ar-Rahman. Right at the end of that surah, in verse number 78, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Tabarakas murabbika dhil jalali wal ikram. And blessed is the name of your Lord, the owner of majesty and honor. Also in the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we see a hadith that speaks about the virtue of making dua through this name. And the hadith is in the musnad of Imam Ahmad, narrated from Rabi'ah ibn Amir radiallahu anhu. He said that I heard the messenger or the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, Aladhu biha, aladhu biyadha al-jalali wal aladhu biyadha al-jalali wal ikram. Which basically means, Continuously and often and 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 often say Ya al Jalali wal Ikram. Continuously and rep, you know repeat and 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 continue saying Ya al Jalali wal Ikram. That's a hadith in the Musnad of Ahmad, which is Sahih. In another hadith, so this 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 obviously refers to du'a. So the more du'a we make, we should always try to say Ya al Jalali wal Ikram. Just like we speak to Allah with these other names, we should often try to say Ya Dhal Jalali Wal Ikram. And you will hear, if you listen to some uh, uh, du'as that some of the Imams make, they often end of you know, a du'a by saying Ya Dhal Jalali Wal Ikram. And this is something good and from the Sunnah as with this hadith. Also in the Musra of Ahmad, from Anas as well, radiallahu anhu, from Anas, radiallahu anhu, he said that we were sitting with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in the masjid and there was a man making salah and this man recited and said Oh Allah, I ask you bi'anna laka alhamd la ilaha illa ant because all praise belongs to you and there is none worthy of worship except you Al-Mannan, you are Al-Mannan the benefactor or the one who blesses Badi'a al-Samawat wal-Ard the originator of the heavens and the earth Ya dhal jalali wal-Ikram the man then said Ya dhal jalali wal-Ikram the owner of majesty and honor Ya Hayu Ya Qayyum, O the ever-loving, O the self-subsisting or self-existing. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to this man, who said, Da'a Allah bismihi al-a'zam, alladhi idha du'ya bihi ajaba, wa idha su'ila bihi a'ta. This man, he called upon Allah with his greatest name, by which if he is if he's supplicated to, he will respond. And by which if he is asked, he will give. Right, so we've discussed this as well in detail, what is the greatest name of Allah? That again is... Um, was a separate chapter by itself, alhamdulillah. But part of this dua was the name, Ya Dhal Jalali Wal Ikram. Also a hadith in Sahih Muslim, we learn that after every salah, the Prophet used to turn around, uh, firstly when he finished the salah, he would say, Astaghfirullah, three times, and then he would say, Allahumma anta salam, wa minka salam, tabarakta Dhal Jalali Wal Ikram. Right, this is a, most people know this, alhamdulillah. After the salah, this is what we say, Oh Allah, you are as-salam, the perfection. Wa minka as-salam, and from you is salam, which means 
from you is safety and security and peace. Tabarakta. Blessed are you. Dhal Jalali wal Ikram. Or you could say, Yadhal Jalal wal Ikram. There are two different narrations. Both of them are correct. Although Sheikh Abu Bakr Abu Zayd Rahimullah says the better version is to say, Tabarakta. Dhal Jalali wal Ikram. And not Yadhal. But both are correct. So we say, Blessed are you. Dhal Jalali wal Ikram. The owner of majesty and honor. So these two names. Al-Jalal and Ikram, they are attributed then to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are two attributes of Allah that are attributed to him through this name. He is the owner of Jalal and the owner of honor. The owner of majesty and the owner of um, honor. Majesty, يعني, what does this mean? Jalal, it means ta'zim. It means the greatness of Allah. He is the owner of greatness, the owner of majesty. And Ikram refers to Praise and love. It refers to praise and love that Allah is the owner of, of, of honor. Yani he's the one that's alhamd. It belongs to him and al-mahabba belongs to him. This is the true ikram. He's the owner of uh, true praise and true love. Imam al-Khattabi rahimahullah, he explained these two, this name. And he said that Allah azza wa jal, he's the one who is deserved of Yujilla wa yukram of being glorified and being honored. Because he's al-Jalal wa al-Ikram. The owner of Jalal and Ikram means he is the one who is deserved of being glorified and of being praised and of being honored at all times. So nobody should nobody can deny him or disbelieve in him. This is one example of what this means. Another example is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the owner of honor means that he blesses others. And he others, honors others. Those slaves of his that are close to him, the, the awliya and so forth, he raises their ranks in Jannah. And he raises their ranks in this dunya by making the people who worship him and obey him. And he, he's the owner of majesty. So he glorifies them. He shows them that greatness. He makes them great in such, in, in, in such terms by accepting their a'mal, accepting the acts of worship and by raising their ranks in Jannah and so forth. This is another example of what this could mean. That Allah is the owner of majesty and honor means he honors others and he, he blesses them and he honors them and glorifies them. Or it means that Allah is the one that's worthy and deserved of all praise and deserved of being glorified and deserved of being honored and praised and loved and so forth. Right? These are at least two examples of what could be meant by Dhul Jalali wa Ikram. Either it's speaking about Allah himself, that this is who he is and this is what he's worthy of. Is worthy of being praised and glorified and honored and loved, or it means he's the owner of majesty and ikram and honor, and he shows this to others. He shows this to others. Yani he blesses others, he glorifies others, he raises their rank, he, he grants them tawfiq in this dunya, he makes them of his awliya and salihin, he makes them of those who follow, obey him. And then he grants him paradise and he blesses them and he honors them and he glorifies them and so forth. So forth. This is another interpretation of Dhul Jalali. What, what is meant by Dhul Jalali wal Ikram? Shaykhul Islam Taymiyyah Rahimullah says the first meaning is the stronger meaning. But I would say both meanings are correct. But the first meaning applies first and foremost that this is who Allah is and this is what He is worthy of. Yani He is the one who is deserved of that Jalal of being. Glorified and exalted, and of being honored and praised all the time, and of being loved and so forth appropriately 
as he is deserved of Jalla Jalaluhu Dhul Jalali Wal Ikram Alhamdulillah Thumma Alhamdulillah We have now covered at least 108 names of Allah Azza wa Jal through the scores Walhamdulillah and by this we end the book and what the Sheikh has mentioned in the book of course we have not covered all of the details that the Sheikh has mentioned because it would take a longer time and but Alhamdulillah we have taken a lot of the benefits out of the book and summarized them and benefited from them greatly and we say Jazahullah khairan to the Sheikh and may Allah preserve him and continuously allow him to benefit the Ummah with continuous works and teachings um, and his father was the great muhaddith of Al-Madina, Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Al-Abbad, Hafizahum Allah Ta'ala. So we ask Allah Azza wa Jal, and firstly we thank him and we praise him for allowing us to, to, to get through this book and to learn his names and attributes. And as we said that the greatest knowledge is the knowledge of Allah. Afdalul ilm ma'rifatullah. The best knowledge one can possibly acquire is to get the knowledge of Allah to try and understand who Allah is through his names, his attributes and his actions and this is what this book is all about Alhamdulillah um, so we thank Allah and we praise him for allowing us to benefit somewhat from this great book and from his great perfect beautiful names and his lofty perfect attributes and we ask him once again to make us of those who act upon this knowledge of those who worship him through these names and of those who remember these names so that we can be of those who enter paradise due to knowing these names and living by these names Amin Ya Rabbal Alameen and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make us of those who benefit from knowing Him to make, us, to make this a means of softening our hearts and purifying our hearts and that it is the greatest knowledge that we acquire that we understand and live by this knowledge Amin Ya Rabbal Alameen so the Sheikh ended off by praising Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and in reality, we cannot praise him uh, sufficiently. Rather, he is only the way that he praises himself. But we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make us of those who praise him appropriately and to be of those who thank him in speech and in action and in our hearts. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu ala ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. To end off, um, we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to make us reach Ramadan to make us of those who benefit from this month and make it the best Ramadan for all of us and to make us of the people of Quran, the people of Ilm and the people of His Tawheed, the Muwahideen which we spoke about tonight Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen and to make us of those who follow His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and to make us of the true students of Deen who continuously get together and study and read and benefit each other uh, through our knowledge of the Deen and to make us true students Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت استغفرك وأتوب إليك الحمد لله الذي بنعمته تتم الصالحات